0: Thank you for tuning in to shift the shift to plan podcast where it is never too late to change the game I'm your host Rhonda Evans and here we'll be listening to stories of the everyday woman How life just you know brings you a little bit of obstacles, but what matters is what you do within the shift Welcome, welcome, welcome here we are again
1: another day another week with another episode of someone who is out there changing the game. And this someone is going to be a little bit different for you guys today. Today, I'm hitting you with a bonus episode because this is our first male episode. Yes, you asked for it. I have delivered. And today we'll be featuring our first male guest on the show today. Go ahead and let me know how excited you are by leaving a review in iTunes for me, or if you listen to us on Anchor, go ahead and send me a voice message and let me know what you're thinking, how you feeling having our first male guest on the show today. So today we'll be joined by Corey K. Bennett. Um, He's been featured um, from everything from features to collaborations and all over social media. He's known as CB Busy He He's a male plus size model, brand ambassador, and social media influencer who is catching eyes and feels from styling men's big and fas- big and tall fashions to his philanthropic work with nonprofits and young organiz- youth organizations and community leadership. So he is big in the, in the community and nonprofit uh, circle, you guys. He is also a North Carolina native who is a body positive influencer who regularly posts relative content on his social media channels to spread acceptance. CB is anxious to work with new brands that are size inclusive to the plus size community while always keeping positive on stages, runways, and print campaigns. So today, I'm excited to have him on so he can tell us about his journey to becoming a social media influencer plus size model and his work within the community and how you guys can also work within your community. So... Before I get started, i bring him on. I want to remind you guys that if you're listening on iTunes, make sure that you are subscribed. Also, I want to make sure that you guys are leaving a review. When you leave a review um, for us, what that does is let other people know that we exist, that we are out here. And I'm pretty sure that you want to hear from other people Um You want other people to hear just and love the podcast just as well as you guys are loving the podcast too. So today, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, I am going to read one of our reviews. It comes from Sierra Howard. She says, this podcast is everything. I love Rhonda's personality and how she brings on amazing women every week who truly inspire me to shift the plan. She really digs deep to showcase their journeys and where they are going. I absolutely love it. So thank you, Sierra, for leaving a review. And as always, you guys, if you leave a review, you may hear it on the next episode of Shift the Plan podcast. So without further ado, Let us go ahead and get started and welcome our guest, Corey K. Bennett. Thank you guys for joining me once again for Shift the Plan Podcast, where it is never too late to change the game. And, you know, you guys asked for it and I delivered. Today we have our first male guest on Shift the Plan Podcast. In the background, y'all should y'all can hear sounds like, oh, you know, I was having side effects in there, you know. I don't know. <laughs> this is a, you know, a momentous moment. You're the first of the first. <laughs>
2: So I see. I should be. Um, I felt like I didn't come prepared enough yet. <laughs> to be the first. <laughs> I feel like I gotta make a statement. I'm setting the tone for every other gentleman to follow, maybe. But um, I do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Glad to be with Shift the Plan today.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, you are absolutely doing something right because you were referred, like I put a little feelers out there like, who should I have on the show? What men do you want to hear from that are, you know, out here doing a dog -dog thing and your name came up? I was like, okay. And and it's not the first time I've heard your name. So I was like, okay, let's get him on here.
2: That's humbling. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea, but I'm humbled, flattered by whoever thought um, of me so highly that they would send my name your way. I'm so glad um, to be here. I appreciate it.
1: So we are going to get into your journey, but let our listeners know a little bit about yourself. If they're not from the Charlotte area, so they can get to know you, you know, adults and yes. people who do know them, let's get reacquainted. <laughs>
2: So yeah, here we go. So I am Corey K. Bennett, originally born and raised from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, on social media platform, I am at CB Busy Grizzly, IG and Twitter as well. Um, and many other names that friends call me from being in the local area, to businesses, to partners and things that I've worked with. But essentially, if we had to give myself a title, which I don't like navigate between so many, um, I am a college advisor nonprofit guru, social media influencer, and big and tall male model.
1: Well look, that was a lot in in one breath. <laughs> <laughs> and I,
2: had was right there. I had to just stop right there because I was like, they don't want to hear that. Okay, let's just let's just wait and get to it. But no, those are the those are the hats that I choose to wear um, most frequently. Um and things that I'm experienced in that I'm educated in and that I'm taking that journey, like you said, and right now. So that's where we're
1: at. So I will be honest, you know, I've absolutely seen some of your journey on social media. I remember when I first started following you on there Uh and, you know, I would see different pictures and stuff. But then I was like, oh, he's not playing with
2: me. (laughs) (laughs) I had to put a little bit of pressure, you know,
1: a little bit. And that's how it
2: is. It is. And it's been it's been definitely a journey. So, you know, total transparency. And I tell anybody I've been modeling for under a year Mm. Um, and and the experiences and the things and the doors that have already kind of been open and peeked open for me. Have all just come through authentic relationships, through people sharing, through people putting my names in rooms that I'm not in. um, and, And me just kind of keeping my base and my my character the same. I haven't switched with the trends or the algorithms of any social media platform I'm essentially who I am and I've just been letting that you know emulate in the work and the things that I put out and all the content and things that I attach myself to I want it to mean something for me and I know it means something else for another big and tall guy for another um, mixed person for another person from Charlotte for, my, for another college advisor for a person who was a first generation college student like something that I put out is going to connect and I've just been okay with doing that and making sure that that content speaks to that. And I think it's been authentic. And I think that's why I've been blessed enough to kind of be put in those positions so fast um, versus saying I came into the model industry and it's taken about two or three years for me to get on a runway or to get in a, um, an ad or a campaign. I've, I've truly been blessed um, just by being authentic.
1: Now, see, you said two things right here that, like, this interview was so right on time because I'm always, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, like, I'm always talking to my audience about being authentic, about, yep. you know, relationships, and you are proof of that. Like, you've been modeling for a little under a year, and because of those authentic, you know, relationships that you've mm-hmm. built, like, like you mm-hmm. said, your name is being put in a room that you didn't even, you weren't even in. That's
2: it. And I think a lot of people on an entrepreneurial journey or their own personal journey before they find like their passion and purpose going to work for itself, they they just find um, themselves having conversations or they find someone that says, I think this would be good. And they have to like jump out there and try it. I'll be the first person. I was extremely shy about being in front of a camera, like, extremely self-conscious, struggled all my life with like weight, body issues and complexion issues and everything because different things have attacked me or different people have said different things. And and we're in a judgmental society. So Mm
3: -hmm. before
2: I put myself out there, whereas most people say, Oh, you're so confident. You just hit the camera and everything works. It goes. That is not how it started. And in, in every single time that I do it and I'm put in that position, it's more and more practice for me to come out of that shell and to kind of break away from those societal standards. And it gives me a chance to feel empowered and give somebody else that power. So it's all about, um, authenticity and 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 if it's fake, it will be felt as fake and and people can see it and you'll lose support and I don't want to do that that's that's a huge risk um I never want to run and use it and losing my authenticity to anyone
1: absolutely, absolutely like you said when you are coming from a place that's not intentional and that's not authentic. People see that and they pick up on it and they're like, oh, I don't need to do business with them or I don't want to fool with him. And then now here you are, you're getting the wrong type of name attached to you versus he's the one that I want to work with all the time. He's kind, he's humble. You know, you get the different titles attached to you when you're not being yourself. Definitely. That's
3: it.
1: So, you said that's not how it all started. So, let's go back. <laughs> let's go back. <laughs> so, before you were this, you know, confident, you know, man in front of the camera that you were able to share your story with individuals, you know, well, let's let's go from there. Because, number one, you're another unicorn on my show because most people are not. <laughs>
2: <started>. <laughs> oh, yeah. They act like we're so rare. We all know each other, though, but it's so rare. But, it's yes, crazy. I'm a natural. I'm a. I'm a native Charlatan. It is um it is downtown, not uptown. You know, we I've been here since the original Hornets logo, you know what I mean? So I'm 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 very Charlotte through and through um so much that I even have of course, you know, all the guys have a tattoo of Charlotte on you if you're from there. I don't fall out of any um any other category. I have one as well. But yeah, I've I've been in Charlotte. Um I went away just for my collegiate endeavors, um, to UNC Greensboro. And then I came on back after graduating in about 2011, 2012, and the uh, the response and the way the city had kind of looked to me at that time, I knew I wanted to go back into what bred me and kind of gave me those opportunities to leave. So I've been a nonprofit for over 10 years, um, working with all things student engagement, youth en- engagement, and college access. So I was, again, blessed to be able to come back and work for an organization who actually gave me a scholarship um, oh, to go wow. to school. So I really was the full circle um, story for them. They're poster child for a while because I was one of the only alum who had returned back to work in the exact same environment that I had came out of. So I originally went to Garenza high school, graduated mm-hmm. through this program that I worked for and then came on back and work at West Charlotte high school. Now, um which is, you know, identical to the image and the view of what Garinger at that time was. And I've been there for now about four years in a college advisor role. So my life has been more about service and even in going in um in college and doing different things, my volunteerism and everything I was involved in. I even pledged a fraternity. I'm an alpha. Um <laughs> and everything always been about service. Um mm-hmm. and that's kind of been the running theme for my life. So When I was given the opportunity to kind of step in front of a camera, I asked myself, what was I serving? Um, And at the time, I have a great friend here. He is an amazing photographer in Charlotte. His name is Gavin Bower. I've been working with him for years, but he's a friend before anything. He was doing a brand shoot for a cigar company at that time. And he said, I need you to put a suit on and meet me downtown on Thursday at this time. (laughs) And I said, for what? I was like, do you have an event? Are you doing a launch? Because he, he does web design. He does uh, marketing, strategy, building everything with all types of different entrepreneurs. So I was like, what do you need me for? He's like, I'll tell you when you get there. So I show up, you know, blazer suited up or whatever. And he's like, hold this. And he gives me the cigar. And he was like, we're just going to do a couple shots. I need some promo shots. I just need some test shots. Well... He started taking shots, we started talking, we laughing, having our natural chemistry, what we do, joking on each other, you know, clowning. And he puts the images out, and they just are fire. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. Great shots. I looked comfortable, even though I wasn't. It was hot. I want to say it was the middle (laughs) of June, and I was in downtown. So it was. I wasn't comfortable, but his work and the way he had staged things and just our chemistry and what we did, it, it boosted the sales of the product at that time. It was some of the best images that they had had at that time and from there it kind of opened up my mind to say maybe i could do something like this but you know the world we live in we live on ig and we see so many things there's nothing for someone to throw model in their bio
3: mm-hmm. and
2: i didn't want to be i didn't want to be that person to where i just threw a title up of what i wanted to do because it was a hobby right so it took me a long time before i truly had said aspiring model or big and tall model or any kind of influencer Um, just because I didn't want those things attached to me. I just kind of wanted me to authentically do that. If I did influence someone, great. Let's have a conversation about it. I would want to interact with them in my messages and, you know, hear their story about it. Um, but after a while through coaching and through some other individuals that I met, they were like, you are doing the work that people are talking about with modeling. So take yourself a little bit more serious. Mm -hmm. And once I did that, um, I applied to do another shoot in the Philly and D.C. area. I was selected. I went up, did my thing. And again, the pictures just like it took off. They were amazing. They were shared everywhere. It was just a whole break in the um, the whole algorithm for me because I started off with maybe less than 2,000 followers. And in just five months time now, I'm almost at 9,000. And I haven't bought not a single one. No ad, no campaigns, no nothing. Just from general from general and genuine authentic engagement and just kind of being consistent. And I I love that about my story. I don't want to jump to 50,000 followers overnight because I think there's something that gets missing um, in the conversation about being authentic. And all my followers know, like I answer questions back to back. I'll talk, I'll engage with anybody. When my DMs come through, they're not a thousand of them waiting to be unanswered. I literally look at all of them. Now, some of them I can't always reply to, but <laughs> i do see them you know because some some people you know they don't think that this profile don't match up with your picture you are not anonymous but they still say what they want to say um but Whoa. the way i am in a yeah the way i was the am the way i was raised um i was raised right i was raised you know christian i was raised to be humble and i take it all as a compliment even hate i take it as a compliment and it's really about just being self-willed um Being consistent, I know you said you saw me put out like a lot of content back to back and I was, I was going full fledged with it just to kind of get my name out there and show I was serious about it. But even now I found myself, I took a little step back because I've been on runways and Mm. I can't really, I can't really have a photographer there, you know, catching all of my video footage. And that's just not me. I don't want to have anybody following me around to catch footage just to show, but the work is being done even without being seen. And I think it'll come to fruition when it's supposed to. So um, my simple journey started from someone that I didn't think I fit into the role or the model or the casting that they wanted me for. They literally picked me out and I, sh- I just showed up when I was called. And I think it fell into place I was supposed to.
1: I think that that is phenomenal. Like, it's it's one thing to show up. Um, unprepared but it's like even though you didn't know what was expected of you when you got there you showed up you were ready and you did the work and that's been right. like the consistent theme in your journey with your modeling career like you're showing up and you're doing the work
2: hey I like it <laughs> I like how you <laughs> said it. I kind of found myself saying it while I was talking but you're right it is I, every time I walk into a room or I see a different set I'm like what am I doing here but then <laughs> And when it's time to work and people have validated you already by being in the room, you know, you are already re- received your credentials. This is not an interview. You're here to work. So do the work and show people that you're your value added and that you're not replaceable and you are unique. Um, and you can do it in a very humble way. You don't got to be loud about it. You just show up and do the work.
1: Yes. Yes. And even though like some people may feel like, well, he hasn't paid his dues, but there are a lot of people who have been doing this for a long time that are not going after it the way that you are. Like you invest in developing your craft, right?
2: Definitely. Definitely. Taking classes, speaking to the people who are professionals, um, following other models, um, practicing, standing in the mirror, Trying new styles, all of those things that would typically be uncomfortable, uh, or some may hear that and say that's a lot, but it's it's not. Mm-hmm. We do it every day. you try your clothes on every morning when you don't mm-hmm. know what to wear, and you start to see how things piece together or don't. That's styling, and mm-hmm. when you choose to take a picture because you feel good and you feel confident, just because you don't hashtag all of the body positive imaging, and you don't put it up and tell what brands you're wearing, does not mean you're not influencing. You're just choosing to do it your way. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it a lot of times people ask me and they think it's something, some secret sauce or I had to get some validation or some blue check, or I had to go to a website to start doing this, but I didn't. I just committed to doing it consistently. So if I showed something the way I did, I would do it consistently. And I, I, you know, I invested in taking time to learn about the social media platforms, learn about walking in a fashion show, what it meant, the history of fashion, and especially with me Mm -hmm. breaking into a big and tall industry. We're very rare. It's still a very small, of us and the whole idea of being signed as a big and tall model is still almost far fetched for all of us in the industry we get offers and things but there's there's things that weigh out on both sides you know as far as your creative content and do you lose your base because you don't work as often by being signed there are all questions that get asked in any industry but it's hard when the full-figuring industry for plus women is really kind of what opened the door for us because if there are plus women there are big and beautiful women there have to be big and tall guys yeah so we're all kind of trying to make that mark to be inclusive in an industry that is already kind of held down by societal norms
3: mm-hmm.
2: so you really got to commit to this if you're going to be in it because you're already getting backlash from the front door, from the front door
1: yeah so how did how was that breaking into the industry when you're in that um particular niche right there uh, for big and tall men did you find it <laughs> Difficult, or if someone who's listening who's trying to get into that um, area of modeling, like, what are some tips
2: for them? I'm asked that very often, and I <laughs> see a lot of profiles. I see a lot of profiles of people who um, begin on Instagram, and that is perfectly fine. Instagram is a digital resume now for a lot of different industries, and um, it can catalog your lifestyle, so it can fit and it can work. Um, for me, the hardest part of getting into the industry was. Um, me feeling validated, because the time I had put in wasn't longer than I had noticed some other people had been doing it. So for that for me, especially you know pleasant of fraternity, and just being a young man growing up, I, I firmly fall to deference. I, I believe in deference and I believe in respecting others and giving due credit where it's supposed to be. But what I also found is those who are in those positions who really earn that credit and whose names hold great weight and great respect welcome me with open arms. The, gen- the general body, they they were excited to see me. I looked different. I, I seemed different. I wasn't from the area of North where a lot of them um kind of reside and are working. I'm I'm the Southern boy. I'm the Carolina boy. So they don't, there's nobody in North Carolina like me doing what I'm doing and being so mobile and just putting my time in to really go and be in these rooms with other individuals. They were like, we're going to take you serious because you're seriously doing it. Right. And it, I think I was welcomed generally with open arms. I'm I'm pretty sure someone may have not liked my pictures at first when they first put it out, and they still may not to this day. But I don't know that that's the case because it's just it's an industry where you do your work, you do your influence, and you are your style and whatever that is, it's gonna hit for somebody, and it's not. So I tell anybody if you're aspiring to do anything remotely close to what I'm doing, you have to be conscious of your audience make sure what you want to put out is the content that is truly your character and then do it unapologetically. Mm
3: -hmm. Put it out
2: there. Put it out there for criticism and be ready for it. I think every time I post something, I'm conscious about what I say or my caption or if I respond to my story, I'm conscious about what I say. Yeah, I'll back up anything that I say, but I also don't want to offend the masses. I don't want to come off as a way that I'm not. Um, In a lot of ways now, just in our society with what we have battling between um, different campaigns and different movements like Me Too movement and harassment, I have to be sure as a straight heterosexual male, big and tall, that I'm not misogynistic or I'm not demeaning. Like I have to consider those things no matter how much I'm playing or I'm just being fun. You still have to consider that in your language and your day to day interaction. So it's a it's a give and take. As far as can you be yourself a hundred percent, yes, you can, but just be ready for a hundred percent feedback,
1: whether good or
2: bad, yeah, whether good or bad,
1: I absolutely agree, like there's always this fine line between. Um, being completely yourself, and then pulling back when necessary, and I think some people find that difficult because they feel like, well, I'm I'm not being 100% myself. I'm being fake. No, you just have no to, <laughs> right. You have to curate your brand mm-hmm. the right way. <laughs> That's
2: know? it. I'm glad you just defined that word for somebody listening because I know they see content creator floating around here. A content curator floating around here a lot but that's exactly what you're doing you are curating you're yeah. pioneering you're putting in place you're strategically organizing and you're displaying to somebody this person or this piece of you up for criticism it's like yeah. any other art that you it's up for criticism
1: it is and you can't take it personal i mean it's business at the no.
2: end of the- <laughs> one of the my one of my favorite books is the four agreements by don miguel ruiz mm-hmm. and number three Agreement is um, do not make assumptions, but another one is don't take anything personal under there. Once you stop taking everything personal and don't make assumptions about what people feel or think of you without truly like diving into the conversation for clarity. Once you get that, it a lot of things just don't seem the same. Feedback doesn't even sound the same anymore. You know how to sift through the emotions of it and get to the meat of it and either deal with it or say you're entitled to that and that's okay.
1: Mm. You know, I keep hearing a lot of good things about this book. I'm gonna have to go pick that up and go read it because I'm definitely an emotional communicator. So <laughs> I, need to, I need to go pick up that book. It's not my fault. It's okay. I
2: <laughs> it's okay. Everybody has things, but you know, there is Um, I forgot who wrote the kind of, it's a psychologist. They broke down emotional immaturity and emotional responsibility. And it's not much different. Um, I believe one of my favorite parts that deciphered the difference is emotional immaturity is when your actions, your actions made me behave this way. That's what you say when you're emotionally immature. You did this and it made me do this. But being responsible says I have a choice in how I get to respond to what you did. So it doesn't take away the action and maybe what been what was the trigger, but it gives you power to go back and say I have choice. And that was one of the I had to learn that as well too because I I'm temperamental. I'm a I'm a young man, but I was raised by three strong black women, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm already battling being every against every stereotype they don't want me to be, as mm-hmm. well as learning how to own man. So I had to understand how to fight differently and how to argue differently and how to voice my opinion differently. To where i can still be stern and i can be assertive and advocate for myself but not be defensive you know but yeah. it's all a learning and i'll be honest this this modeling this industry this big and tall influencer industry and the social media platforms they give me practice every single day <laughs>
1: i, believe it. <laughs> they
2: give I me practice believe it every single day yeah
1: people can be so Rule like on social media is almost as if they're like oh well i'm behind the computer so it's okay so you have right. to kind of build up that thick skin because at the end of the day what you're doing has nothing to do with them it's whatever mm-hmm. you're doing is going to help the person it's
2: right and even i think i, I, I want to jump ahead because we might get to this in some of the rapid fire <laughs> or something later but even me as a as a man i have to understand that um I think the generation that we're in right now and this whole shoot your shot mentality,
3: mm-hmm.
2: women aren't scared anymore. <laughs> no, women, women aren't scared. They're going for what they want. They are here starting businesses, being successful women, being young black excellence, all of that. They're not about to sit back and wait anymore. So now you have to, I got to be careful about how I respond because I do get a lot of approaches, you know, via DM and different social media platforms and asking things, but I have to be careful to not be a playboy or not be a flirt. And one of my biggest rules in this industry, a lot of people say, um, even some of my friends will say, Oh, you collab with this person, or we've seen these pictures, y'all look amazing together. And I have to go back and say, Yes, you know, her work is great. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad that she let that out, that she worked with me. That you need to understand that it's a professional thing. I don't mix honey and money together.
3: Right. And it (laughs) excludes.
2: Yeah, it's just rules that I had to put in place for myself, and I'm 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 glad I got into this industry when I did. Had I been a younger man with this type of um, immediate attention and these these ways of getting this instant gratification, I wouldn't know if I would be in the same position. So it's all right on time,
1: mm-hmm. and I think
2: everything I'm doing is is timely. It's right where I need to be mentally, emotionally, and physically. So.
1: I like that. Like, you don't, it's it's a way to respond to everything. And you have to make sure that whatever you say, like, because this is your brand now. Like, this is your business. Your name is your business now. So you have to be very mindful of how you respond to people. Definitely. So, what is the craziest thing that you've gotten in the DMs?
2: the craziest see, crazy a subjective word but for me um for me I have seen a lot I have lived a lot of life um in my 30 in my 30 young years I have lived a lot of life but I think the most recent thing let's go with that because I don't really know crazy but this is this kind of happens about once a month um I'll get a different kind of approach by DM um that kind of wants to spark conversation. So I have a theory. Women and men do not slide in DMs the same way. No. And women are extremely strategic. They are going to pick something that you would like to talk about because they want to get you talking about it and communicating and build a base of trust and friendship. They're just strategic. It makes way more sense Mm -hmm. versus directly just coming at you with a compliment oh hey handsome how you doing that's not really how women do a lot of times I don't get complimented at a fourth or fifth exchange of a message back and forth but they may start on business or they may start with something else totally out of the way like oh I want to ask you a question about style and it goes somewhere else which is all fine with me I'm okay with it I'm not bothered by it but the craziest thing I got was recently I received a message and she said I've been following you for about three months now and I've been liking all your pictures and I've been liking it first because I have your post notifications turned on and
3: I'm
2: going to give, and I'm going to give you until midnight tonight to respond to this message and that way I'll know if I should proceed with trying to get to know you.
1: Uh, Okay. (laughs) Oh, right. <laughs> like she gave you a whole alternative like
2: by midnight. If you don't respond to me, <laughs> you, pretty much you got to midnight to let me know what you want to do, and I'm gonna do what I want to. And I, and I and I was I was um I was entertained. I was amused by it. Um, but <laughs> you know I I res, I responded in a way just to validate and still was authentic to myself. Um, and let them know you know I I appreciate the candor I appreciate the uniqueness because nobody has ever said something to me like that when they wanted to get my attention um so I recognized it but in the same sense just that person's their age and what they were doing and the images they were putting out I didn't want to be involved or interested in it and I told them I said well you gave me an ultimatum but you didn't ask if I was interested or was I taken or was I involved with anybody or any of that you know wow. you just jumped in first you just going 100 miles an hour no breaks and um They were like, you know, then they wanted to scale it back and take time and ask questions and things like that. But I didn't get too deep into responding. But the crazy things about these platforms is anyone can approach you in any kind of way through a message. Yeah. And I mean, of course, I have to allow those messages. I could block anybody from sending me DMs. But a lot of times I get my contracts and I get creative directors and people who can make moves and make decisions. They DM now. They don't email. They're not going to go through my site. My site is right there. My email link is right there, but they're not going to go there. They just go straight to the message. And if that's how we got to get a response, then that's how we got to do it. As an entrepreneur, you got to take it how you get it. So I, I'm i open to all of that, and I keep the messages open. But the craziest thing beyond that is I got an email from my website that goes into, like, contacting me if you would like to book or we want to do a collaborative shoot. And I got some pictures sent, which is not foreign because some other models send pictures sometimes to see if they would like to collaborate
3: Mm-hmm. but these
2: pictures weren't quite the pictures I normally <laughs> that I normally get um and it was just so funny you know it was it was a young woman I don't know if she's young or not we just gonna go with that it was a young woman <laughs> it was a young woman sending me bathroom droid pictures what? um wearing her wedding ring man I was just so I was just so taken back. I was just like, I could I can see the ring right here. I can it's a gray D diamond. I can tell from right here in this picture. Like, this is this is what we doing. And um I didn't respond. And she followed up with another email and said, I'm sorry if I offended you. I didn't know any other way to get your attention.
1: That's so, not
2: it. <laughs> yeah, that missed. That was that was a bad shot. But <laughs> like I said, people, people are in different places. And I told my friends, my friends, they were like, you should be offended. You should, you know, leak the pictures. I'm like, no, I would never do that. That's, it's unnecessary. But I said, you don't know where people are. They could be in the middle of nowhere. This is all they have. Their, their, their world may revolve around looking and imaging other people and trying to imitate it or get attention that they're not used to. And we have to realize we're in a worldwide web of people with the most Connected and disconnected generation of all time so you have to deal with different things we're not used to so i'd say that was crazy but it's just like always a funny story when i think about it
1: yeah that was a little crazy
2: (laughs) (laughs) faces in the the pictures not just the body whole face
1: oh yeah she was wrong for that ma'am ladies whoever just make sure that when you are sliding in the DMs, that look, this is really? a business. So please, uh, uh, please approach accordingly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned something that um, we talked that they talked about at BYO Live. I just went
3: about mm-hmm.
1: a week ago, and that. Nice talking about they said deals are being made now in your DMs. so you know back when people had it on their page you know no dms please man please deals are getting made
2: now. right right i seen that profile written on somebody's page and she was like a real estate agent or something like that i was like you are missing out on money
3: yeah you're missing
2: out on man, they they may they don't want to go through your site they already know that this is coming with a fee. They may be apprehensive. They may be scared already. And you're you're creating more barriers for them to get to um, before. Mm-hmm. Now, I got it. If it was like a confidentiality thing or something like that, I get it. There are certain realms. But if you are a person and your person is your brand, they can communicate with your brand through messages. Yeah. Now, the manner in which they do it and how you respond is totally up to your business model and totally up to you as a person. Mm-hmm. But there are deals being made, big deals. I'm not talking like, oh, we're just meeting up to throw this little event. No, big deals that contracts are being sent by pictures and direct messages Mm -hmm. for signature and printing and all that. So it is, but I think until you're a freelancer, until you're an entrepreneur and you don't see it in action, a lot of people don't believe it because we're still stuck in a corporate world, we're stuck in a corporate that we go to we went to school to get trained to probably work for someone else. And this is how we do it. This is proper email etiquette and grammar <laughs> and all of that. We, we didn't have a class. Yeah, we didn't have a class that said, when I tap the top right of this corner, I can get in touch with this person across the world that quick. And I don't have to search for an email or search for their LinkedIn or go to their business page. And, we, you know, you just have to develop and adapt to it.
1: Yeah. They asked um, Karen Civil, what was mm-hmm. her favorite app? And she said, "Doc, you
3: Because, you know." Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have this room. Look,
1: email me that or send it to my phone. Let me yeah. send it right
2: quick. <laughs> I can do that right now. Let me take this lock orientation off, turn this phone to the side, and I can get this right back to you right now.
1: Right yep. now, like that's it. Is that cool. simple? That's
2: simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is
1: crazy, like,
2: oh, my, And I and, think. For us as entrepreneurs, you know, you want to take money however you can get it at mm-hmm. that time. You don't, want, you don't want to wait for a check by mail. Oh, I have God. PayPal, Swipe, <laughs> Demo, Cash App. There's a, a plethora of things we can go through. So if you can get cash immediately, you can share capital immediately. You're going to want all that access immediately. So people have to get with it or they could miss out on on their check. You
1: don't miss it. You don't miss it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, going somewhere. So you mentioned early on about nonprofit. So was that mm-hmm. something that had always been something that you were a part of, or your love for volunteering and working the community?
2: It um, I think the the purpose of wanting to kind of serve and work with people came from my my mother. She is a natural caretaker. She is not a trained nurse, but she can care someone to help. Um, she. Oh always had a heart for people and now as much as I try not to get on these interviews because she didn't got on me a couple different times about talking about how aggressive that she is or <laughs> how she is. so I'm gonna leave with love you know I just got done reading a comic book I'm gonna leave with love and tell her that she is a caretaker and she is a natural uh, caregiver um, and I I just saw her heart for people and being raised how we were between our church family and our community um, and just our family friends that we had for so long, I-, I noticed that a lot of people always needed help or they used resources to get information that they didn't get in a classroom or they weren't privy to be in a certain room to get. So for me, the nonprofit was my very first job ever. I worked for, do you remember the true campaign? They did the smoking anti ads anti-smoking yeah.
1: ads? yeah.
2: I was a part of one of those youth groups that was spread out over the entire country that sent in those skit ideas, did the advocacy work area. I was a part of the main legislation that stopped smoking in restaurants and bars in North Carolina. So I was fortunate to be in a position at 14 and 15 years old. I was looking at legislation and I saw policy policy change and I recognized social justice and people being uncomfortable by what people chose to do around them. And it kind of opened up my mind to just be in a position to where, let me give someone options. Mm -hmm. Um, And I chose to do that through education. That was my, that was my ticket to learn a lot about me as Corey, as a man um, and just being a responsible adult. College was for me. It's not the same for everyone, but for me college taught me those things. Yeah. I went to classrooms, but I got my education outside on campus, being involved in the community and just thriving in my own area and kind of making my own name. So nonprofit has kind of been embedded in me early by the the idea of serving first. And then the education component kind of came in once I realized I was the first person in my family to ever go to college, receive a degree, stay all four years and, you know, come out with not as much debt as some others had, but I almost went to school for absolute free. And it was just a chance for to kind of turn around and I have to tell somebody else how to do that. So that really sparked the mentorship, the, the nonprofit zeal, and the helping others kind of mentality that I've always carried.
1: Wow. When you look back at, you know, all of the things that you've done over the years, and then at such a young age, does it, you know, make you feel like, wow, like how did this even happen? Like, how is this my life? <laughs> you yeah. know, you were making differences at a very young age.
2: I'm blessed. And I told, we were having a a conversation with one of my friends last night and they were, they were not happy about where they were. And um, for us at 30, you know, we're kind of approaching this milestone age for us where we're reviewing our lives and we're like, this is not what I said I'd be doing at this age. (laughs) But we, we have to sit back and I told them to make a list bragging about themselves. And I have one in my phone that like, I go down my, my quote unquote stat sheet
0: as a man. (laughs) And that's,
2: I literally like am on paper. If I had to put my best stuff out, this is what my stat sheet is going to read. And I do it just for me. I don't do it for Sharon, but I go to remind myself that when I'm taking an L and when I'm learning a lesson in life, that I still have done these things in spite of. And it's, it's important to remember that. It's important to remember where you came from. I've always had humble beginnings. I am nobody special. People hear me say that all the time. i was like, I am nobody special. I'm just merely someone that gets blessed to be in position. So I feel like. I need to be as proud as I can and do it with the best um, notion and the best heart that I can do it at. But it is um, important to recognize the things you've done already before going forward, because it's going to make up the whole story. People want to know the whole way how you got there. And the funny part is, I think in all of our speeches and our bios and our introduction to speakers, we don't ever talk about how many lessons they learned or their mistakes. We talk about the accolades things that they picked up on, and that's what validates everyone to peek up and listen. But the best speakers always talk about their flaws, but they talk about the lessons learned, and that's what makes it a good story. So you need both. You need both sides before you can ever be in front of an audience and really connect with people. And I'm glad I'm kind of getting both sides in everything that I'm choosing to do.
1: Yeah, because, you know, later on in life, you never know what platforms you'll be invited to, what, you know, opportunities are going to come your way. So it's awesome that you are encouraging your friends to say, hey, brag on yourself. Keep record of that. Um, Mm -hmm. Back when I was in management, that was one of the things that I would always tell my staff, like, you need to write everything that you've done down. When it comes review time, put all of that in there, (laughs) you know.
3: Yep. So, with
1: building a brand, it's the same method. You have to have that same mindset. Let me write down everything that I've done. Not because you want to necessarily brag, but you just never know when you're going to have an opportunity to do something where all that's going to come in play.
2: Exactly. I think, so, another endeavor is with one of my best friends. He started his own printing um, company for, like, T-shirts, paraphernalia, clothing, and has like been able to start a lot of brands mm-hmm. in north carolina because he is the printing he is the the production behind it and it literally started with us in a conversation and joking we were tired of buying other label clothes and we just wanted like some streetwear and some things that were comfortable for us and we made some personal pieces and he made a whole wardrobe for himself just <laughs> based off his own idea and didn't put it out there but the minute that he did everyone attached to it and whether it was because they knew him or they just like the design or it fit or economically it made sense. He didn't know that that was what he would be in. He left a corporate job for Walmart, being very comfortable, being able to sustain his stuff and provide for his family and took a leap of faith and and now is doing that full time and can barely keep up with the work himself and which I try to, you know, assist where I can, but there's so many Different avenues you could find yourself going down at any given time. You really have to keep a recollection of what's been done already, because you're gonna miss something, no yeah. matter how much you do. That's why when anyone says send me a bio, I literally have to think, what am I okay with not putting in here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what does it mat? What does it matter to this group that they're about to hear that I did this? So let me just take this out, and maybe I'll talk about it, or maybe I won't. But it's not gonna make me miss the whole purpose of it. But you got to keep a record of the blessings that you had, opportunities that you've done. And it reminds yourself that when you get down on yourself, you don't feel validated or you don't feel like you're supposed to be in that room that you have credit to be. And you got there some kind of way
1: exactly that part right there that you said you have credit to be in that room so most people think Mm -hmm. this stuff is like overnight no i've been doing this stuff just because it's not (laughs) as vocal you know i've done this for a long time i know what i'm talking about i'm an expert in this field
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's it and a lot of people think that they say oh you know you've been modeling for a while i was like this is not my expertise my expertise is if you tell me you want to start a nonprofit organization and i can give you all your legal paper documents get you off the ground started working with a budget board of directors. And they're like, we never thought you would be involved in it. And I'm like, that's okay.
3: People (laughs) people are
2: layered. You know, people are layered. I say, you know, that's okay. People are layered. I I don't try to just be cute. You know, I have to try to have some substance and do something that actually makes a difference. Um, And hopefully now going forward, which is why I kind of took a break from content, I'm going to try to start showing more of those things that I do more about my community mm-hmm. um, and just different things with reading and learning and kind of battling on personal issues. I want to be very transparent about, you know, my ideas around my community and how I feel. And as a man being okay to emote and show that you can have a heart for people and make a living while you still do it, It's something very rare because as men, we think we just need to provide and, and we only want to have all the money in the world so we can have the best woman in the world. So. We got to get away from that and being okay, understanding that you can be in a profession, make a difference and make a living at the same time while having fun and still be a certain caliber of a man. Those are the things that I hope as I keep going forward in my brain, it starts to speak towards. So that's my intentionality by a lot of things that will be coming out very soon.
1: That is awesome. I'm so glad that you're going to start sharing that part of it because most people, you know, you may be a resource for someone, you know, they might be looking mm-hmm. to go down that nonprofit route, but I, like you said, it's not a lot of people who, can who is the source for that. And now that they know that you're doing it, they're like, wait, I already know him. I'm comfortable with him. Let me go. Work yeah. with
2: him. That's it. That's it. It only starts with an idea and a whole lot of work. It starts with a just, you have to start. There is no starting place. There's no template to this. There's no handbook. There's plenty of books that can give you advice on how, but the best ideas don't have a game plan because they haven't been created. So right. you, it, it comes down to true faith. And I, I, I don't know anyone listening or anyone who is going to listen or someone who wants to start something. You have to have faith in something. Something bigger than yourself, because eventually as a human, you are going to burn out. You are going to be emotional. You are going to want to give up. You have to have some kind of zeal that pushes you beyond that. And for me, it's always been other young people who are looking at me and Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the one to fall short or it's, it's been for my family or it's been my single mother or whatever. It's always been somebody looking at me and I realize I have to stay the course and I can't let my temporary feeling cause me to make a permanent decision. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you Look. have to believe in something.
1: <laughs> Look, <laughs> now, that whole little statement right there, if you didn't get anything out of <laughs> this whole entire interview, that part right there, rewind it listen to that part
2: again. <laughs> That's it. Hey, I picked up on it, but as much as, you know, we're talking, I'm always talking to myself, and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you know, you've been through something, but every time I'm given a chance, you you. You are preaching a sermon to ourselves because it's been rough weeks and times and things that are on the horizon that maybe hasn't hit home for even myself. And I have to remember that, like I put this content out here and I told someone else to do it. I gotta remember for me that I need to be in a position to keep doing this, and I can't let whatever comes up knock me off my course. You know?
1: Yeah, it's it's bigger than us, right? Like there's somebody on the other side that needs to receive this message. So yeah. That's That's oh it. wow! So, when it comes to nonprofit, what would you say are probably the top three um, actionable steps for someone who's trying to get into that uh, arena?
2: Yeah, um I would say before you even think about a mission or a vision or a name, what do you want to fix?
3: Mm-hmm. If
2: you if you could do something. That through your power, effort, resources, and programming, if it if it totally wiped out this issue, would you be okay with it?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because I, a lot of us work in nonprofits, and I've worked in nonprofits, but we have to realize that our livelihoods are attached to this and there is money in nonprofits. Let let me go ahead and please put that out there. There are there's a way to live and survive and to gain salary and build corporate mindsets around nonprofits, but. You have to think, if that problem doesn't exist anymore, am I truly okay with being, with making the world that much better?
3: Because mm-hmm. what
2: it's going to do is put me out of a job. Right. So just, yeah. whatever my mission, yeah, whatever my mission and my purpose is, do I go forward with this to, uh, to uh, totally eliminate the problem or do I want to band-aid the problem? because if i want if i want to band-aid the problem i can continue to do that i can continue to keep opening up the wound and putting a band-aid on it i can continue to show a cycle and i'll let the money flow and we'll just work towards it but we're on a hamster wheel true nonprofits that are thriving that connect to people and that cause change alleviate problems indefinitely and then they pivot and go to other ones because they had proven success so before you even sit down to make a name or a mission statement you have to be okay with whatever problem you are seeking to solve if it is solved completely and totally is annihilated and go away will you be okay as a person with it wow and i'll be honest i've asked a lot of people in the room that way and i've seen faces and some people are like no i need this to continue because there's good money in this and i I like doing this and it feels good because i get to work with this and that's all fine but you just have to be honest with yourself because that'll tell you the extent of how far you're willing to go for your nonprofit organization.
1: Right.
2: Right. Yeah. If it just feels good and you just like doing this programming because you want to work with young women and teach them how to eat at a formal dining room table, that's perfectly fine. But what happens when etiquette is now taught in every common core standard in North Carolina as a part of growth development grant, that something comes down for the federal government, then what are you going to do?
1: Exactly.
2: So you, you have to, you just have to be in a position with a nonprofit to understand you are seeking to alleviate a problem. You're seeking to create a better welfare for the general population or community that you're serving. That's one. And two, I would say is um, nobody's going to take you as serious as you're going to take yourself.
3: hmm You can
2: talk about all day about what you want to do, but if you haven't done the research and if you come to me and tell me, I got this idea, nobody else doing it. It's all me. I thought about it. Okay. I'll say, what is it? And while that person is talking, I'll start Googling. And as soon as (laughs) they tell me their mission and what they want to do is I'll I'll show them through Godstar or a couple other databases that have full nonprofits registered with tax IDs. I'll show them a page of 12 or 15 nonprofits that do exactly what they said that they're going to do. And that's okay, because I think everybody's kind of seen the meme. When you go down the bread aisle, it's all bread, right? Mm -hmm. But but it's packaged up real different. Some of it's wheat, some of it's rye, some of it's packaged in orange paper, clear paper, white paper. You might have a brand that you grew up on. You might have a brand that you now love, but it's all bread. So there's room for competition, but do not come and tell me that you're only one of one because you haven't done research to find other nonprofits that do what you do, because this is the thing going back to number one, if you truly wanted to work and alleviate the problem, why would you want to selfishly create your own from the ground up versus going to work for another one first, get information, get research, learn from them. And then when you are validated and you know what you're talking about, not to mention, you know, your competition, then why don't you pivot? But if you tell me you selfishly want to start one because you want your name on it and you want to be top-notch dog and you think you're gonna have control over it, I already know you're starting off wrong because anyone mm-hmm. for my number three is this anyone who starts a nonprofit knows you as an executive director or founder do not run the nonprofit. No. A board a board of directors decides and can oversee any activity giving its stakeholders. And they can knock you out as a founder. They can literally fire you from your own foundation that you started if you are not doing what's ethical, moral, and for the greater betterment of the entire organization's longevity. So a lot of people don't know that. They think, oh my god, I want to start this group. It's going to help these young women do this. And this is what we're going to do. And I got some friends that are going to help me program. You're all program based. And that's great. That's fine. You need that. But until you become an executive director, and you understand what it means to obtain a board that's going to hold you accountable and that works with your mission and truly understands what you got going on, you, you really have to evaluate again, how much you're going to put into this nonprofit.
3: Yeah.
2: Because I, I get a lot of ideas and, but it, they all go together. You got to know how far you want to go, what you're willing to put into it. And are you okay with this problem being gone next? You have to know, what are you going to, be a founder? Do you want to selfishly do it or have you done your research? Do you even know if your mission is out there with another organization? And then lastly, how are you going to get a board of people behind you that support what you're doing and are going to hold you accountable to make sure everybody's doing what they want to do? And those are big questions. And I know they're, they're hard questions to ask somebody who just came up with an idea. But again, it's all about starting. You can learn all of those things. There's about four or five different people I know in Charlotte who do nonprofit consultation. That is literally their their job. They'll take them under the wing and make someone an executive director. And then I know 600 plus nonprofits in the area. So I'm pretty sure you can go volunteer, learn some things from them, pick up on it, maybe even work for them for a little bit, and then pivot and take your own organization to another level. But people don't want to do that hard work that's some, that's some hard work. And it's a lot to ask somebody when you tell them nonprofit doesn't make the money that they probably are looking for.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. You said, you opened my eyes just in that small amount of time (laughs) to so many things right there. Mm -hmm. Like that was, you know, mind blowing. Some of those things. It's like, wait, I never even thought about it like that. I never looked at it from that perspective. Mm
2: Mhm. Wow. That's why I like this industry. That's why I like the nonprofit industry so much because it's so, so bad. It wants to look in the mirror and see corporation. It wants to model business and it wants to look like that. But the difference is nonprofit always goes back to community, uh, welfare work and hard work, not hard work, but hard work. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to sometimes decipher the business and the infrastructure With the programming and the feel good, but I like it because it gives me the best of both worlds. I can be a professional, you know, provider. I could be in a professional resource that actually is actually doing something and making a difference versus me working for a corporation that just gives money to a nonprofit so that they can go out and do better things. I like being on the ground and facilitating that hard work and the, the the mission of things going on. So I've been around it long enough to know that. I personally never want to start a nonprofit myself. And I probably scare a lot of people when we sit down and do consultations because they're like, well, how many have you started? And I'm like, zero. And I never will. Because (laughs) there are thousands, there are thousands of them that I could go work for and make five times better in a short amount of time and then move on to the next. I'd rather see some of these machines that are already working be, you know, oiled up, be fixed and be maintained than to worry about me starting another one in competition. But again, if they if they're committed to it, then I, I we can go forward with it.
1: Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you've mentioned that that it's better to work together and to collaborate than starting from the ground up if you don't have to. If there's something already out there that is serving the purpose that you're trying to do, then why not work with them than, than you just having your name on something?
2: Exactly. Yep. Like, what's the for? Right. And you know when you go work for another corporation, you fall under their policies and procedures, and you might not like it, and you might not think that it's the best or most efficient. But what you do is you sit, you learn, you you model. And then if you can develop a strong enough argument to show true influence, you can start to change things within to fit what you think works better. You can pose that. Once you get the credibility of a worker and someone who is a team player, someone who is aware of what we do and trying to be better and not control it or just to say we don't want to do this anymore, but you're trying to truly make it better. That's the heart of nonprofit. You want to continually be better every day and be strategic about it. So I know people are like, I don't want to go work for organizations cuz I already don't like what they're doing. Go work for them. Because if you get in there and you work and do the work that they see you've been proving you'll get a voice and you'll get enough people to listen to that voice to change some things on the inside and end. you might find yourself very comfortable after you've made those changes.
1: Mhm. Oh wow. Woo, look, that's a whole nother show talking about now, profit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It's fun though. I, I really do. I like it. It's a obviously you can tell it's a passion of mine. I mean it's it's all I know. Um and my MPA, my um, is from UNC Greensboro as well. That program has taught me a lot, but I also work for the United Way, um, in Charlotte. I don't work for them. Let me take that back. I sit on a grant committee. So I'm actually in the room making decisions with these foundation holders about how much money they're going to give to these small startup grants and these small startup nonprofits. Ones that I know, like our friends who have started them, and I tell them to apply, I'm sitting in the room deciding how much money we get to give them. And that's what I want to do. Like I want to be in that position to where you didn't know if your nonprofit was going to work, but you've done the research, you did the hard work. Now let me try to help you find some money to make this come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And once I've been able to do that and be in a position to do it, that's what gives me the most reward. I don't want to be in a position where I got to have my name on it. I just love watching people thrive and just kind of walking in their purpose.
1: That is awesome. That is awesome. That's why everything that comes your d- direction comes the way it does, because you have that servant heart. And so, yeah, it, they, everything happens for a reason. What you put out there is what you get back.
3: Yep. That's it.
1: Oh, wow. Well, Corey, I thank you for hopping on this call with me. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> this was good. This was some good stuff.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I am okay with coming back anytime you want me to. I think I might have opened the door for some guys. I, I think
1: you did. I think you set the tone.
2: Some, some more young men can you know chime in here and let them know what they got going on. And I think You know, if anybody doesn't know, 44% of the entire population listens to podcasts, and I think men, we are braggadocious amongst our friends, but we don't always have the right platform to kind of put out what we're doing. And y'all are y'all are leaving us in the dust, like y'all really are. Women, y'all y'all are y'all glowing up on us, and we and we can't keep up. So I try to encourage my men. Um, And my guys and my family, no matter whether you're a husband, you're single, you're a dad, whatever, you should be uh, glowing in a way and showing what you have going on in some form or fashion. It don't got to be bragging or anything that is a turn off for people, but using your platforms and using your voice. So I hope that another young man jumps on this. I hope that another man who is trying to, you know, extend himself and do something bigger than himself jumps on this. But I appreciate the platform and I, I I genuinely thank you, Ronnie, for letting me have. Um, some time to be on here with you.
1: Definitely. Look, you got my wheels turning now. It sounds like we need to have like a live Shift the plan episode.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm with it. I like it.
1: Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to work. Yeah, I'm gonna have to work on that. You and I have another person in mind who is like an honor, honorary uh, roundtable member. Like, yeah, that would okay. be a good show. So yes, you got my wheels turning. So we're gonna have
2: to okay. do something. <laughs> I got you I'm game you got my yes just let me know
1: absolutely so before we end we're gonna hit this lightning round where I ask okay. you a series of five questions and right. you just say what first comes to mind
2: do I have a time limit
1: um yeah <laughs> no
2: <laughs> I got to. do it do it expeditiously got it okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Look, you know, there are some questions that people always fall on and like, wait, I don't know. <laughs> so right. it's okay. Um, right, we good. We good? All right. So question number one, what would mm-hmm. you tell your younger self?
2: Just stop worrying about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not important. I don't... I don't even know where that is, but stop worrying about that because it's really not important in the grand scheme of things. Um, Just being more intentional about what you care to give energy to.
1: Mm, That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Question number two. What keeps you sane throughout your journey?
2: Music and mama bear. (laughs) So... um, (laughs) Yeah, so my, the whole idea of like grizzly and my whole like alter ego, I really have a respect for bears as a sacred animal, um, and mm-hmm. I and I do appreciate them or whatever. But I call her Mama Bear because she, if you know anything about mothers and bears, they will literally die for their cubs. They will fight to the end, and she always has. Um, but for her, she's real humbling. Like no matter how far I think I'm getting ahead, no matter how great I might think I am, she will bring me down to earth. She will <laughs> humble me. Um, at the same time. But she'll love on me in her own special way, but she's humbling, and it keeps me kind of focused. And then beyond that, I have an extreme love for music. I'm always listening to music, all different types of genres. But for me, uh, mostly like a R R&B and, you know, soul and old school, that's me all day. I listen to that neo soul. That stuff keeps me, keeps my energy balanced. So mm-hmm. I say music,
1: Okay, okay. Um, question number three. What tools do you use day to day that help you the most?
2: Tools that I use day to day. Uh I read something every day. Mm. That could be a book or a digital book. I read something, but let me let me let's be clear. I am not an expert reader. <laughs> I feel so I feel so accomplished that I just finished this common book in less than a month. Oh. them like I have, I got I got my reading you know I got my reading eyes on now but I do I read something every day that is supposed to go either like a challenging question or it goes to like the self help category I do do that um additionally they're not really tangible things I pray a mm-hmm. lot <laughs> um I just talk I just talk with them you know people I don't want to make anybody feel like prayer or something I got to get into a whole room and shut down I talk on a car I talk in the shower I just mm-hmm. pray and and I I set my intentions on the things that I want to get accomplished but if I had to think of a, a physical tool or something I use every day um water
3: really
1: that <laughs> water. is a first. <laughs> yep.
2: yep. water water is a humbling thing it's something that you constantly need you should have it with you at all times it helps to survival it helps for health And it also keeps you um, moving. It makes you regular. Because, you know, if you drink water all day, you go into the bathroom. So naturally, it's going to give you a break from whatever you're working on and giving on. And it mentally helps you just kind of get on a regimen. Water is kind of regulated movement for me. And when I'm doing too much and I don't sit down or I'm doing too much and I haven't really got things accomplished, I've just been busy, water regulates a lot of that for me because I'm going to have to take a break. (laughs)
1: Look, nobody has ever... Ever, seen. and we about thirty episodes deep now. Ever yeah, I we we on season two, right?
3: Yeah, we on season two. We about to yeah. get season three. So I'm thinking Free.
1: that's why, exactly that's yeah. why I said you know we might have to do this little live episode.
3: I'm with,
2: I'm
3: with, yeah.
1: I was,
2: season yeah. three. Yep, read some every day. Um, visually look at some every day. Pray a lot. to talk a lot. Set intentions, affirmations, and then uh, drink water.
1: I like that. Look, I never thought about water like that. Although, I do have me, a whole bottle of water right here.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. You already clocked in.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had to do it. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, question number four. What is the name of another shift maker that is um, going under the radar, but people need to know about?
2: Gavin Bollick. I mentioned number okay. four, but Gavin Bollick. He is at I am underscore Gavin B on IG, um, Gavin Bower on Twitter. But Gavin is a photographer by trade, but he is a influencer and a he's a shaker. He's a mover and a shaker. He shakes things up. He challenges things. He does not like the status quo, but he wants to see better. Um, he's also a native charlatan originally yeah. from right here. Um, but he is a photographer by trade, but more than anything, he has a plethora of knowledge around business relationships, um, culture, and just watching what's going on around his city and being an influence to it. So I would, I would definitely say he's, um, shifting some things in the area and I, I reverence him a lot. So that's what I would say.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've heard of him before. Um, we have a community, um, called shift maker, Charlotte. And mm-hmm. um, the co-founder, she um, shoots with him sometimes.
2: Yeah, yeah. okay.
1: We might have yep. to have him on the show next.
2: Hey, he can do it. He'll be, Trust me, he'll be all in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I would definitely have to put his name down. And I'll mention him also in the show notes so other people can connect with him as well. Cool, cool, definitely. And then question number five. What are you most mm-hmm. thankful for throughout your journey?
2: I am most thankful for not knowing what the end looks like. Mm, that's a good one. Um, I'm most thankful for not knowing what that that end or that success or that period is going to look like um, for me. It's kind of like I'm working every day towards a goal. I don't know what it looks like. I know what I want it to feel like, but I'm excited to see wherever... Um, It stops. And I've I've said it in a previous podcast before, if the modeling and the big and tall modeling and that thing stops when I get ready to pivot and I've used this platform and go into another endeavor that still speaks to my purpose and it's still me doing something authentically, I'm excited to see what it's going to look like at that point when I switch. So that's what I'm most thankful for, is that I don't know the end goal, because if God gave me the whole plan, I'll probably mess it up, even knowing how to get there.
1: Look, I think that's the truth right there. Because if we knew how it was going to end, would we really put in the work that's necessary to get there?
2: Exactly. exactly. Yep.
1: So, wow. Woo! This has been, like, an amazing, an amazing... Yeah, a
3: good time.
1: You know, this was good. You know, I'm glad that I had to pivot a little bit, had to shift plans, and say, hey, it's a man <laughs> out here. That
2: are doing the doggone thing and we can hear from them. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a few of us out here. We <laughs> we, we trying to catch up. I told you, we're chasing y'all. We're trying to get on board. We're gonna meet y'all there. But we we coming. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. So how can our listeners um get connected with you um and even work with you?
2: Definitely. So um we talked about it a lot, but I will I will go through Instagram because it's so handheld, it's so right there and it's free. Um mm-hmm. you can find me on Instagram at CB Busy Grizzly, C-B-B-U-S-Y-G-R-I-Z-Z-L-Y. That's Instagram and Twitter. I do have a site, which is the exact same way, www.cbbusygrizzly.com. I have a contact me form on there, as well as you can read my bio, see some other work that I've done, some things in my portfolio, um, and uh, not to mention like my sizing and all of those things. If you're a creative director or if you're a stylist or if you work with a brand, feel free to go check that out and reach out to me. I'm open to collaborations. Um, I'm open to working together. And do not be intimidated for whatever reason. If you are by me, I am nobody special. Just reach out. <laughs> We're going to see if we can work together. We can work together. And if not, not right now. I, I just really never want to put out an image that I'm unapproachable and that I'm not tangible. I'm a very real person living a very real life. Um, please reach out if you want to do anything. More information about nonprofits, uh, college, ex- access, any of that. Feel free to reach out. to
1: Awesome. Awesome, you guys. So you have heard it here. We'll put all of his information in the show notes so you can connect with him, whether it's for modeling, collaborations, for nonprofit. It'll all be right there in the show notes. And remember that, as I say, every single week, <laughs> it does not matter what obstacles Come your way, you can decide to stay stuck or you can shift the plan. So, we will see you next week. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes. Share, share, share because the more that you share, the more people get to listen to these amazing stories of amazing shift makers. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Shift the Plan Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure that you are subscribed, and that you rate this episode, as well as leave a review. Let me know what you think, as well as any questions you may have for the guests that was on the episode today. Now, some exciting news. If you haven't already seen it on my uh, Shift the Plan Podcast or my personal page, The Rhonda Evans, we are now a whole tribe, y'all. I know it has evolved from just me having having The an idea to starting the podcast to now wanting to connect with more individuals who are shift makers, those who are making an impact in different areas in the community and education, mental health, and just what that foundation of building families are. Um, And so I'm excited to announce that we are now an organization called Shift Maker Charlotte. So you can head on over to our Instagram page at shift.makers.clt and take a look at what we have going on and you can also go directly to the website at shifttheplan.com backslash join the tribe